0: Welcome to episode two of Culture Talks. We are Heather and Shyla, the regional managers of Crown's Global Skills team. I am Heather, I'm based in the UK, and I oversee programmes in Europe, the Middle East and Africa, and now the Americas region.
1: Hello, I'm Shyla. I'm based in Hong Kong, and I oversee programmes in Asia Pacific.
0: Each episode of Culture Talks, different members of the Global Skills team will join us on the podcast to pull back the curtain of cultural training, bust some myths, and do this with stories and examples from our work and also our personal lives on different topics each episode. We want to showcase the impact and the scope of support that cultural training can provide. If you missed our first episode,
1: we looked at all the requirements that cultural training can fulfill. On today's Culture Talks we're looking at people and busting the myth that off the shelf can offer enough to survive and thrive. Not everyone is the same. We want to look at the uniqueness of each relocation, show how culture can impact at different life stages and within people's experiences in order to give each person the tools they need. Joining us, On the podcast today is Lucia, our Mia senior regional advisor.
2: Hello, my name is Lucia. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm based in Prague. I am the regional advisor in the team. And part of my job is uh, talking to people who relocate um and you know really discuss the concerns challenges uh, with the move the motivation and really refl- reflect all of that information in customizing their programs
1: your job is so important lucia you get And so it. interesting <laughs> yeah and interesting exactly you get to hear what you said you know you get to hear what people really really need this first-hand information and and you share all that crucial information with our trainers so that we can really meet each person's need and you know actually this topic feels even more relevant to discuss now you know we're having clients discussions around how cultural training can support mobility and their corporate well-being initiatives You know, this continues the trend of working more in partnership with our clients to create solutions for assignment success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're really seeing it. And, you know, I think looking at this idea of of well-being, I think kind of really underpins what we I guess what we're trying to say in the podcast today. So being British, I went straight to the NHS and had a look at their definition of well-being. And so the NHS defines well-being as the state of being comfortable, healthy or happy. And so really any initiative needs to start by meeting people where they are and working from there to get them to that place of comfort. And so that's why, you know, we talk a lot about about individuals you know in this in this podcast in this in this series we're talking about individual programs over group programs because cultural training really needs to be a space for people to like share and get comfortable with all that they you know really want to want to know that what questions they want to ask and they might not feel feel okay asking asking in a group.
2: yeah Because I think the most important thing that we need to realize is that relocating, it's stressful. It's a stressful time Mm -hmm. for everybody because you're basically putting your life on hold and you put yourself in like a solving mode. Right. So you relocate to this new country on a new job and you just need to figure out the basic stuff like where to sleep, you know, how to get your stuff to the new country, you know, where to buy groceries, uh, you know, all of like very basic things. And actually takes time to get back to, you know, yourself a little bit to just really establish the routine you like, you know, you know, reconnect with your hobbies, make some friends, you know, feel comfortable at the job. That all takes uh, time. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And really just what the cultural training can do is just put that stress aside and provide time and place to just. Reflect on what the relocation means, where the challenges could be, you know, and and really find that kind of like balance and avoid misunderstandings and, you know, make the settling in process um, faster, I would say.
1: Yeah. 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 And also avoid those embarrassing situations. Right. So let's look at different types of people we provide training to. You know, the people that we work with are usually relocating with companies. So there is always this need, a corporate objective, and there's always a personal need within each training. So let's have a deep dive into the profile of a single person re- relocating. And, and, you know, what would be the typical questions and topics that mm. would come out in, mm. in for you, you know, when you're speaking to them? What do they focus on, really?
2: Right. Well, our trainings, uh, you know, can really target like different aspects of the relocation. But the specific for a single person is that. The motivation—it's very personal, right? So they made a decision from themselves. They move in by themselves. So that could, uh, you know, mean two things. First is that they really by themselves, which means that they don't have a person to to share the experience with, right? To just like put that frustration, mm-hmm. have a like a conversation. So it can be very like actually lonely and isolating. So that's that's one of the parts and one of the topics that we discussed, like how to make friends, how to establish a contact network, how to feel comfortable at work. It, it could be very stressful. For example, if it's a, a first relocation as well, it's a it's a really stressful and challenging time, but also very excited. Most of the people who like relocate to like a single relocation, they're excited because they made this decision and they are just dealing with themselves, right? So the other part of um, of the topics that I get is that it's actually faster for them to, to reconnect with their hobbies. And the main topic is really like how do... I like establish myself in in like a in the social aspect. So how do mm-hmm. I make friends? How do I communicate this? And you know, it also depends like how different is the culture. So how that could be fast or slow. But it's that's definitely one of the main topics.
0: Yeah, do you know, so like just listening to you talking about that, Sierra, I'm just sort of thinking about myself in my mid twenties when I moved from Taiwan to Egypt, and that's that real need so this was like a personal decision i wanted to move so i you know to to live and experience egypt and i just felt so lost in how to make friends it just felt so big the bridge like trying to build those social connections you know i had already relocated to taiwan before i went to egypt but in taiwan there there is there is similarities but in some ways you know it's kind of closer to British culture because there was a drinking culture of like going out and having a beer or having a drink and, and kind of that's what you do to, to make friends. Um you know in Egypt you'd go out to a shisha cafe and have a lemon you know mint tea which obviously is lovely but you know there's 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 that difference and the and the, the props that I used to like support me in making friends weren't necessarily there. But also Along with that, you know, that change, which obviously is it can be very simple to to overcome. And you know, when you're adjusting to those new norms, the social limitations that I'd get would come kind of earlier than I would expect in the timeline of knowing someone. You know, they would be more intimate, like inviting someone, someone would invite me to their house rather than going out maybe to a cafe. And and there was like a it's like a sort of friction of like not really kind of understanding what that meant and you know because I didn't have cultural training I would always be trying to anticipate what does that mean you know people would ask me if I was married like when I met them and that's something I was very consciously that was absent in my life I was thinking about it um and that and that created a discomfort you know different levels of eye contact you know people, people either looking really intensely at you or or not at all if you're you know a man a religious man wouldn't wouldn't want to look me kind of deeply in the eye there was just so many different parts that meant that you know, if I could have understood the, that this was like normal, this friction that I was feeling was normal. That Egypt was a very relationship focused country and that they are very indirect communicators. Um, you know, that would have really helped because not just in my in my personal life, that really came out when I was managing a team of young Egyptians. You know, I was trying to balance being a manager, being friendly, like that's my natural kind of personality. But how much was I kind of really allowed to do that? You know, it creates a real internal conflict for me. That I didn't have anyone to go home and talk to about it. Like, and I didn't know how to address it. You know, so I was surrounded by other people in the company who also had their own cultural biases, who'd built up, you know, we relied on stereotypes. And it meant that really what ended up happening was that I avoided potential friendships and social connections, but then judged myself for that because like I've moved to Egypt. Like, why am I just friends to other British people or other expatriates? There's a real like conflict that came from yeah. that lack of understanding of how to build the social connections. Yeah
2: yeah it's very challenging because you're really like everything that you used to like how you used to communicate how you used to make friends everything is being challenged works differently Mm. different you know you need to do different steps to achieve things things work at a different speed you know all of that and having in mind that also you know people are different personalities so not everybody is equipped to be like an expert for locating right so you you need to manage all that so it's a lot yeah
1: oh you you know this example uh, Heather that you shared it just shows why people need to have a greater need to build connections in the social as well as the workplace you know Mm. it's so important I mean again it just links again with to our our topic of well-being you know it are just it's just making sure that everybody everybody's needs are met so Mm. you know we we talk about the single profile but let's talk about families um you know in, in my part of the world in Hong Kong and China we're seeing a few families moving into this part of the world um post-pandemic but I, I know Heather you mentioned to me and Amir you're further away from that in in your timeline you know it's yeah. it's like pan- lockdown pandemic restrictions are already lifted way way before us um right. so you know, we're seeing more and less families coming into our part of the world but I think what people are actually seeing is that you know so it's all about the business people are really looking at the wider impact of relocation on the family what about the medical systems you know families are are more worried about like how are you going to cope in that post-pandemic era era, kids at home and everything like that it's 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 difficult now it's different it's a different way mindsets have changed right
2: Yeah, well, the families, uh, those are like totally different conversations because, of course, like more people are involved in the decision making, more people are involved in the settling part. So definitely, you know, on the calls and on the conversations that I'm having, I'm discussing, uh, you know, the feelings of the spouse as well. You know, if there's like partners relocating and, uh, you know, if they're experiencing the relocation together or they're, you know, apart for a you know a few months that could happen as well so therefore they're always you know in a, like a different settling in kind of like mode or stage or it's yeah. so um it's 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 very different from each family right so you have partners and also you have families with children and that's a different level because the main focus then uh it's standardly just to, how to support the kids and mm. these parents are trying to support their kids in a culture they don't understand so it's really like discussions about the parenting style, how the schooling system works, how how birthday parties work, like simple things, like how to support the the experience that the children are having in the culture. And yeah. to be honest, like children are standardly more exposed than their parents. You know, so they are really experiencing the culture because they are with you know at school so the the, the routine the yearly routine daily routine they're experiencing more than their moms that they're home mostly or just working but you know with uh with some teams and just you know the contact is is bigger right mm-hmm. and the parents they want to want to you know manage all their feelings or frustrations or challenges for instance now i have a a family that they're trying to support their 14-year-old uh, child. Uh, she joined uh, a local school, uh, so she doesn't know the language, and the language barrier is a huge, uh, huge problem. Uh, her English, it's, you know, intermediate. So she's she's a bit struggling, and she's 14. And that mm-hmm. can be very yeah. hard Anyway, I mean, life, life
0: is difficult. Life is just <laughs> hard,
2: exactly. And she's fourteen in a different country, and she just like small things like she doesn't understand, and she feels really uncomfortable during lunch break because the lunch break yeah. looks different so all of the like very you know it could be small topics that may be very important and I can relate to that a lot because I relocated when I was 16 I just turned 16 when I relocated to Uruguay with my family and uh, shortly after I was invited to a 16 years part uh, you know birthday party Um, and I was like really like happy about it because I felt like they're trying to include me and everybody was so excited about this party I was like oh that's great you know And like two days before that, one of my classmates, she asked me like, what are you going to wear? And I was like, well, I don't know, some, you know, something, I will wear something. And she's like, oh, no, you need to get like a proper dress, like a long dress. I was like, what? For a birthday party? (laughs) So I asked my mom to go shopping and we had no idea what we were shopping for. Like I tried to ask them, but like, I couldn't get a clear idea about how this is going to look like. And thank God we actually bought, (laughs) we actually buy a dress because I arrived to a huge party like a small wedding like 200 people <laughs> and you know wow. birthday girl in a dress dancing with her dad and like I was like so in shock because it was like 16 I was like what is the deal but in Uruguay apparently for a girl 16 years birthday it's a huge deal <laughs> so I was really grateful that somebody told me before you know because arriving in my you know skirt and that could be you know awfully awkward <laughs> so so th- these kind of like,
0: that's the end, right? Oh my, um, <laughs>
2: exactly. I would I would need to leave the country, you know, something yeah. like that. So um, yeah. so yes, yeah, so little small topics, you know, because you know when the kids they are not feeling comfortable or when the spouse is feeling unhappy and frustrated, that impacts everything, you know, impact the entire yeah. assignment. So it's very insens- essential to to address the family's needs as well.
1: And, and it could be the first time that the spouse has even had a chance to think about things. You know, mm. it's much going on, and you know they even haven't they haven't even had a chance to talk about like whether, whether they're going to be working, what they're going to do during the assignment. So the the training is you know like your your story. If you would have that a, a kids training program, I'm sure that would have really helped you to understand yeah. the culture of Uruguay. But you know we're we're always making sure that these programs are adapted to every single person in that family so it, it's it's really a customized training right
0: yeah
1: I was just thinking can you
0: imagine you've like re, you know like you're in your new office it's your assignment you know you've got all of the kind of pressures you're meeting your new colleagues and you've got your 16 year old at home who is basically like I'm going home because mm-hmm. I didn't have the right dress Um, You know, my husband has been told that I can't work and all of that emotional noise going on in the background. And, you know, like your company has paid for you to go. So, you know, you have to be like meeting your business
2: objectives. There's so much pressure. It is. It is. And that's why many times the spouses or the partners are actually the ones that are taking care of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So because, you know, the, the assignee, uh, the task is to to get the job done, to really just settle in at a new position, just understand that. But the spouses are in a new culture, many times leaving their careers and just trying to navigate and get things done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's um, it's very important to address their needs as well.
0: Yeah, because every I mean, this just shows really, you know, like there were just so many aspects of why you know people's needs are so multi-layered like there's such uniqueness in each relocation which can really impact um you know it's not just whether their people are relocating by themselves whether they're relocating with their families but it's also you know about the culture they're relocating into you know how contrasting is that culture with their home culture or with the cultures that they are already familiar with you know we we, we've got clients you know i'm talking to a client at the moment who's relocating people into dubai from hong kong and you know the client is asking very specific questions about what will be in the cultural training because there's such an anticipation of difference you know so there's there's really kind of that part to consider as well and then on the flip side you know sometimes it's better that there is a wider a, a larger perceived difference in the in the culture because then you can attribute everything to culture but perhaps if you move like as a british person moving to the us you might not necessarily be looking for and, and attributing differences to culture, you know, because it, there's a lower perceived difference. But actually, in, in, in communication styles, it's a huge difference. So it's also those aspects that you've got to consider as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think the key part is that these programs need to be customized because mm. it, 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 they really need to reflect the reality of the people, of the, uh, the person, of the people that are relocating. Right. So yeah. it could be they could be focused on personal life or supporting the kids or supporting the spouse or supporting the single person to establish the social contact networks. Or we can like focus it on like business aspects. I, you know, uh, quite recently, I organized um, a strictly business focused training for a Japanese manager moving to Germany. Because, you know, he was uh, he was expected to manage a fully German team. Uh, So that's definitely a different communication style, different way to just organize the work, the task, giving feedback, you know, even organizing meetings. You know, the motivation of local people, the expectations of management. So we were just, you know, providing that information so he can actually, you know, build up the strategies to make a successful assignment, you know, so. Making the balance and really reflecting what the needs are, it, it's a key element, in my opinion.
1: And, and then there's the other layer. Sometimes we get assignees that are on their second or third relocation and they they often resist yes. the training. And yeah. They know it all. Right. But that's, you know, it, it is a question of building that awareness of it could be that they they're at a different stage in their relocation process maybe when they lived and worked in in africa they were single and then when they're moving to a different culture say into to let's take japan for example they're moving with families so again that they may feel that they they do have experience but different cultures different stages of your life the training has to be really really focusing on that too as well yeah, absolutely. And then also, you know, kind of lastly, really thinking about how long
0: the assignment is, you know, that's going to have an impact as well on, on, the, on the relocation. You know, if you're moving for two years, um, two years is really not very long, a long period of time. So, you, you know, you maybe can exist in the expatriate bubble and, and be quite happy with that. But if you're moving longer term, um, you're going to have different and different, like a deeper expectations of, of that relocation. Um, so, no, let's let's think about what have we talked about today? What have we covered on today's culture talk Um we, um, you know, have really looked at like w- we're seeing this cul- this increase in corporate focus on well-being and why it's so prevalent now. Um, we've looked at the different experiences of people, you know, and why any training needs to meet people where they are in order to get into that place of comfort. Um, and really why cultural training can support employees and you know, people in general. So as ever, we want to leave you, our audience, with a question to consider as you go through your day. So I'd like you to think about what are your needs when you are considering your own well-being currently? What do you need and what aspects would you want to consider if you went on international assignment right now? So thank you so much for listening to episode two of Culture Talks. Thank you so much, Lucia
2: and Shyla. It's always a joy talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Look forward to the next episode. Yes, and join us again on our next
0: episode of Culture Talks. Thank you for listening.